Our Bible reading today comes from the book of Galatians. It's Galatians chapter 2 and verses 11 through to 21. Galatians 2, 11 through to 21. This is Paul opposing Cephas. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I may live for God. For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Amen. God will bless his reading from his holy word. Now this morning I just want to spend a brief time just looking at two aspects of this passage in the book of Galatians. Now the first thing I want to think about from this passage in Galatians chapter 2 is confrontation confrontation. I wonder if you've ever had the need to confront someone about something, however big or however small. Perhaps it's something at work or something in the family. Not many of us, I believe, really like confrontation. It's something that sometimes we shy away from, indeed something that perhaps we we try to avoid. And we might avoid it for a variety of reasons. Sometimes we avoid confrontation because we we don't want to deal with the the fallout. We just want to to keep the peace. And we're afraid of upsetting someone. We also might not confront someone because we might be afraid that that person might think we're, we're judging them or being unfair to them. And of course, confrontation is not something that we should seek. It isn't something that we should look for. But sometimes, of course, it's necessary, isn't it? 
Because just leaving things sometimes actually can be far worse. And confrontation is sometimes needed even in the church. In today's passage in Galatians, we have Paul retelling a surprising incident where he was called upon to confront Cephas, the apostle Peter. And the context for this was that Peter had come to Antioch and Paul had to confront him. Now, the problem here was that Peter had changed his behavior in terms of who he was eating with and probably what he was eating as well. Remember, eating is really important in Jewish culture. Now, it's really important that we understand the context here. You see, eating, hospitality are really important for the Jew. And if you know your Bible at all, you'll know that God had given all these food laws and what kind of foods they could eat and what kind of foods they couldn't eat and what was clean and what was unclean. Now, whilst those who believed and followed Jesus and put their faith in him were were Jews in background, things were fairly straightforward. They, they, They lived in that culture. They knew what the food laws were, and yet they also believed and trusted in Jesus. And these new Jewish Christians still kept the food laws and did the things that they did before, whilst acknowledging that it was faith in Jesus that brought salvation. But then things became tricky when when Gentiles, non-Jews, came to faith in Jesus. Because the question then was whether the the Gentiles who'd come to faith, whether they should keep the Jewish law or not. Should they keep all the food laws? Now Peter, of course, had been the one who received the vision about the Gentiles also coming into the kingdom of God. We see that in Acts chapter 10. And so Peter knows that Gentiles can become Christians. And he also knows that it's not necessary for Gentiles to keep Jewish laws. But there clearly is a change in Peter. Because in verse 12, we see that that Peter formally ate with Gentile believers. But then when certain men came from James, probably in Jerusalem, we don't really know who they are, Then he drew back and separated himself from these these non-Jewish believers and instead, instead sat with the Jewish believers. And because Peter had separated himself, there were other Jews that were following his example, including Barnabas. And so the, the Christians were now in two separate groups, ones of a Jewish background and ones of a Gentile background. And into this situation, Paul confronts Peter. Now, it's clear here that Paul doesn't do this lightly. We would never confront someone lightly, would we? And we see in verse 14 that Paul sees this as a gospel issue and Peter not acting in line with the gospel. Now, what I want you to notice here is that table fellowship has stirred up this conflict. You see, if a Christian Jew sat down to eat with Gentiles, he was in danger of violating the food laws. But on the other hand, if he refused to eat with them, that behavior would undermine the principle that the Gentiles should be fully accepted as Christians without becoming Jews. 
Now, Peter had earlier shown that he had no scruples in sitting with with the Gentile believers. But subsequent withdrawal suggested that the Gentiles could not fully be received as part of God's people. In one sense, he was saying to these Gentile believers, look, you also need to follow Jewish customs. And so into this situation, Paul takes extreme measures and publicly calls Peter out. Because both Jews and Gentiles who believe in Christ are part of the kingdom of God. As he says later in chapter 3, verse 28, there's no Jew or Gentile. All are one in Christ Jesus. And Paul calls Peter out because it's causing a split in the church. And even today, however hard it might be, we are called to call out things in the church which are wrong and which take away from the core message of the gospel. You see, what does Paul do in verses 15 to 21? He shows why Peter's stance is wrong. And this is the second thing that I want to think very briefly about today, that being a Christian is about faith. You see, as a Jew and yet as a Christian, Peter and Paul know that the law cannot save. It cannot bring salvation. I am so glad, and I guess you're glad too, that we don't have to follow food laws, that we don't have to separate dairy from meat in our kitchens, that we, well, we do, obviously, but we don't have the same kind of chop, well, we've got the same chopping boards, we don't have to divide things in that sense. They're not certain foods that were prohibited from eating. The law, as it came in the Old Testament, cannot save. What saves us is faith in Jesus Christ. That's what saves. You see, sometimes we have the impression that Christianity is about being a good person. Or it's about being a nice person. But that's not what Christianity is about. Being a good person won't get you to heaven. Trying to do more good things than bad things won't get you to heaven. None of us can live up to God's perfect standard in our own strength. Being a Christian, being right with God only comes through faith in Jesus. That's what the cross is all about. That's why Jesus had to die, that we could be forgiven and set free. And when we believe and trust in Jesus, we are a new creation. The old person is gone, crucified with Jesus, and we are made new. And there is new life and new hope. By faith in Jesus, we are justified. And that's what Paul's reminder to Peter is. This is why Paul had to call Peter out and say, Peter, your actions aren't good. You're causing a split. You're acting like the law saves. Whereas we know it's faith in Jesus. Faith alone that saves. Now, what can we take from this passage this morning? Firstly, confrontation. Is there anything or anyone that you need to confront in your life. Sometimes that can be really, really painful, but it's necessary. And sometimes it's necessary even within the church. We're not to stir up trouble unnecessarily, but if there's something that's not right, then we need to speak out. 
And we need to speak out within the church. You see, if in the church someone's preaching that being a Christian is just about being a good person, we need to speak out and say that's wrong. If someone claims that you come into the kingdom by believing in Jesus, but you also need to do all these other things, then we need to speak out. But the second thing this morning is this. A Christian is justified only by faith in Jesus. There is no other way. The whole reason for Christmas is Jesus coming into the world. The whole point of Easter is that Jesus was willing to lay down his life for anyone who would believe and trust in him. Why? That they might be saved. That they might have eternal life that they might have the hope of heaven, that they might know peace and joy and the love of God. You see, we can't save ourselves. God is not impressed by us just being a good person. Can you imagine on that day when we're called to the pearly gates and God says to us, well, are you going to come in or not? And we say, well, you know, I've done all these good things. I've been good to my neighbor, good to my friends. That's not what it's about. It's about faith in Jesus. You see, God has given us a way to be saved. In Christ alone, our hope is found. As we all would acknowledge, this last year or so has been difficult, hasn't it? So many people have suffered because of COVID. So many people have died, sadly, because of COVID. And over this period, many of us have had to reevaluate our lives, where we work, what job we do, family life. We've perhaps had to confront some of the bigger questions of life, suffering, mortality perhaps, thinking about whether there, there is a God or, or whether there's not a God. The Christian hope is not found in ourselves. It is saying that there is a God who is an everlasting God, the creator God, the sustainer of all things, and he cares for the world, and he also cares for you. And in the uncertainty of our world, he wants you to come to him, to put your faith and trust in Jesus, the only way to salvation, the only way to heaven the only way to know true peace and joy and hope in a world that's often hopeless. You see, maybe you come to worship today and you've been looking your whole life for peace, for love, for acceptance, for joy. You've tried to, all different things, work, family, nothing works. I tell you, hope is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Early in Jack's baptism, I read this verse. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord or God will call. Is the Lord calling you today? If so, put your faith and trust in Jesus and know the salvation 
and the hope that he brings.